Today's Hilton Seminary resource is brought to you by Aware3. At Aware3, their goal is to help your church build connections using mobile technology. They help you extend church beyond Sunday mornings by putting it in the palm of everyone's hand. Learn more about how a custom mobile app can help you improve engagement, communication, and generosity at www.aware3.com. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host around these parts, and I am so excited for today's conversation. Today's guest, this is their third appearance on the Unseminary Podcast, and there's only one other person that's done that, my dear friend, Carrie Newhoff. And so I'm uh, glad to welcome Greg Atkinson back to uh, the podcast. Greg, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am uh, honored to be on here a third time. Thank you for having me. The three-peat. That's uh, so good. That's right. Uh, Greg's a great leader. Uh, he's an author, speaker, has been involved in ministry for over two decades. He's you know, really a writer. He trained, you know, has trained church leaders uh, all over the place. He's a coach and a consultant. That's really what we want to talk about today around particularly first impressions, leadership, you know, worship experiences. He's, he's really a great guy. And he's he's just released a new book called Secrets of a Secret Shopper that we want to dig in on. Now, listen, on seminary folks, you know that I try not to use this uh, channel as just a way to sell books. But what I do want you to do is I do want you to lean in today and hear um, what you know Greg's got to say because he's um, he's got some great resources, some great help for you. So Greg, why don't you tell us why did you write this book? Why did you uh, you know put up the time, effort, and energy to put together Secrets of a Secret Shopper? Sure. Well, uh, I have done Secret Shoppers for the past nine years. Uh, I was actually asked to do it by a mentor of mine who said he thought it would be a good fit for me. It wasn't something I necessarily sought out. He just said, Greg, you'd be great at this, and I'll write your first endorsement. And so I've been doing it ever since. But I've done, I've done church plants. I've done small church, medium-sized churches. But the overwhelming majority of the churches I work for are um, uh, mega churches. Yep. And so uh, it's just a reality that smaller churches have smaller budgets, and they can't afford to bring in an outside consultant, whoever it may be, and whatever they may specialize in. And so when I was thinking about why I'm so passionate about doing a secret shopper and what I help churches with, like I said, mainly large churches with, I thought, why not write a book where I just give away everything mm. and say, here are all my secrets, here's everything I look for, and help the small church leader. And so instead of paying a ton of money to fly me to your church, just pay 10 bucks and read the book, and right. then you and you and your team can make these changes. And so the heart behind it was to be a resource, especially for small and medium-sized church leaders, but I believe that even large church leaders will learn something from the book. Mm -mm. All right. Now, you know, you and I are friends, so I feel like I can lean in a little bit on this. So Secret Shopper, really, come on. Like, don't can't we just get up and preach the the message and like, do we really need to have somebody who's going to go through with a checklist and figure out like, you know, how to first time guests feel and like if the coffee tastes good and like really is, is that any of that any good? What's the biblical basis for this kind of, you know, secret shopper experience? I'm, I'm glad you asked because I'm very passionate about it. Practically, first, I would say that 
first impressions and guest services and hospitality is what people make up their minds whether or not they will return mm-hmm. but on a biblical basis um, I did a, a study of hospitality in scripture mm. and it starts in the Old Testament with Leviticus when we're urged to welcome the stranger it goes on into the New Testament. Jesus says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. Um, actually, this is interesting, and I, I hope your mm-hmm. listeners will really grab this. Mm-hmm. Hospitality is a biblical requirement for all pastors, mm-hmm. all elders, mm-hmm. all, all bishops. Uh, if you are a pastor at a church, you must be hospitable. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage pastors to read again First Timothy 3, 2. And Titus one seven through eight, hmm. where it lists the qualifications of an elder, and one of them is be hospitable. Hmm. Um, and all throughout the New Testament, we are urged to be hospitable. Hospitable. In Romans twelve thirteen, it says, Con- "Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality." Hmm. First Peter four nine says, "Be hospitable to one another without complaint." And it, it's it's in Hebrews thirteen. It's just all over, and so. When I did a serious study about it and dove into why does it resonate so deeply with me, why mm-hmm. does it just feel right, mm-hmm. I realized that it's from the Old to New Testament. We should we should serve others, we should mm-hmm. love others, mm-hmm. and we should do that by being hospitable to them. And, and to me, in, in modern day terms, that means welcoming the stranger, or we would call it the newcomer, the first time mm-hmm. guest, mm-hmm. being warm and welcoming and hospitable to them. Hmm. Yeah, I love the, you know, that overarching push of scripture is towards making room from the, for the stranger. Whether, you know, in the Old Testament, it was about, um, you know, leaving uh, crops at the edge of the fields for people to, you know, eat from or um, you know, th- throughout, you know, the Old Testament, they were creating space for people who were outside of, um, you know, of the chosen people, which is incredible. Like that is such a countercultural idea, ultimately to Jesus. All, we all know that he's obviously the ultimate example of, you know, dying on the cross for all of humanity, which was a radical idea at, at you know, for his day. I think we take, take that for granted but you know, our and then obviously all the way through the New Testament, we see this this kind of expansion of you know the kingdom. And obviously, this is a practical outcome of that. And I just love that, Greg. I think that's a great you know encouragement to people. What well, let's talk about. So I understand. I think I love how you're saying, hey, listen, people can pay me a bunch of money to come in and do this on a weekend, or you know, just ten dollars buy it, and you know, it'll save you some, um, which is amazing. I love the heart of that. But let's talk about what does an engagement look like when you know you come as a as a coach or a consultant on this front you know what is that you know what does that look like over the years that might help us get a sense of all the stuff you've packed into this book yeah I actually joke about this with pastors and friends it has evolved over the years so church I I, <laughs> I feel bad because churches that I first did nine years ago I say they got gypped because I have I have added so much to my report over the years and it just continues to grow and evolve right. and evolve and the report gets longer and longer and longer and more detailed, more mm-hmm. thorough. And so one of the things I added about, I want to say, four years ago, and uh, I don't know a lot of secret shoppers that do this, but I added an evaluation of their online presence. Mm-hmm. And you know as well as I do mm-hmm. that people check you out online before they ever visit your physical campus. Mm-hmm. And so 
in the online presence evaluation, I talk about their church website and I just tear it apart mm-hmm. page by page by page. <laughs> and I offer suggestions for improvement. And then I look at their social media. If they use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Snapchat, you know, whatever they use, <laughs> I talk about ways to increase engagement, ways to uh, start conversations and dialogue, <laughs> ways to uh, celebrate and share stories. And, and so um, I spend a lot of time, and this is before I fly to the church. Wow. This is me sitting at home doing mm-hmm. what a guest would do, and that's looking at their website. Mm-hmm. And so um, then when I arrive on campus, you know, it starts in the parking lot and it goes to the welcome center. The kids check in um, the uh, can I find the restroom? You know, signage is so mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. I have a whole chapter in my book on signage. Mm-hmm. Um, security is important. Mm-hmm. I have a whole chapter on security. Uh, every guest at your church, and especially kids, mm-hmm. should feel safe and secure. Right. They they should not have to worry about um, somebody kidnapping them or mm-hmm. somebody doing harm to them. And so, mm-hmm. um, I spend a lot of time on security. I dive really deep into the role of each person on a guest services or hospitality or first impressions team, mm. from parking lot attendant to the greeters, to the ushers, to the people at the information desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just spend a lot of time going through their role, through mm-hmm. uh, you know what they should be doing, what they should not be doing. Right. Uh, for example, one of my pet peeves, and I've seen this at my own church as, as, as well as churches that I serve around the country, and that is um, greeters and ushers that have something in their hands, mm-hmm. um, meaning you have this single mom with three kids trying to corral them and get them in the door. Mm -hmm. And there's a guy who's too busy looking down at his phone (laughs) to, to open the door for this struggling mother. Right. Or he opens the door and is juggling a hot cup of coffee and trying not (laughs) to spill it while he's holding the door open for them. And so I always tell people be hands free, Mm. no coffee, no phone, uh, arrive early, have time to drink your coffee and chat and socialize. Another pet peeve is when people serving in the parking lot or as greeters and ushers have conversations between themselves. Mm. And when the guest comes up, they feel like they're interrupting a conversation. And they look at them like, man, please get a bulletin. Or can, right. you, can you get out of the way so I can, or would you help me, show me where to park and stop being lost in conversation. And so... <laughs> I just I go through some of my pet peeves and you know how to how to be more effective and efficient. Um, <laughs> I have a focus in the book on children's ministry and things I look for there, mm-hmm. which you and I have talked about on a previous episode mm-hmm. of being creating an irresistible church. We did a, a yep. podcast on and that children's ministry should be clean, safe, and secure, and we mm-hmm. dove into that. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have a focus on the uh, worship service experience. Mm-hmm. That is sound, video, lights, production, the sermon. Um, I have been a worship pastor, a creative director, and a technical director. Mm. And I've also served as a campus pastor at, at a multi-site church. And so mm-hmm. uh, over my 20 years, I have planned a lot of services, a right. lot of worship experiences. And so right. I know how they should flow, um, how how to get rid of awkward pauses and Mm -hmm. uh, song selection. And one of the things I talk about a lot 
to churches that I serve, and I serve all kinds, mm-hmm. size, style, denomination, and I talk about it in the book, and that is that excellence transcends. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're a traditional church with a pipe organ or mm-hmm. an orchestra mm-hmm. or a modern rocking church that tries to rock your face off. <laughs> um, everything should be done with excellence. And yep. so um, I love that. And then another thing that I kind of dive into at the end of the book, um, and this is this is another thing I always look for when I do a secret shopper, is is the pastor accessible? Is he approachable? Mm-hmm. Right. Does he... Does he disappear into a hidden door backstage and you never see him again? Mm-hmm. Is he escorted out like a like a rock star and mm-hmm. you never get to shake his hand? And so mm-hmm. I have worked with churches all over the country, some of the largest and fastest growing churches in the U.S., and I have seen pastors that make a point to shake hands, to yep. hug, to right. pray with people. Mm-hmm. and. That just comes down to being genuine, being mm-hmm. authentic, mm-hmm. Uh, being real is what I call it. And mm-hmm. so when a guest is visiting their church, they don't want to hear from a rock star. Right. They want to they meet a pastor, a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And it's important to them, if they feel comfortable enough, to be able to walk up and say, hey, my name's Greg, and, mm-hmm. and meet them face to face. And so these are some of the things I look for when I do a secret shop. Yeah, it's very good on that last point. I was literally just talking to a church this week of, you know, less than 200 people who their pastor was struggling with being available um, after the service felt like they, you know, they just needed to, you know, kind of decompress. And I, you know, was lovingly trying to um, encourage them that like, hey, you've got to do that. Like that's a part of your your role. And the example I always use, and it's super humbling is, you know, every time I go to, to Willow Creek, so large church, you know, Bill Hybels, one of, you know, arguably one of the most influential Christians in the world, yeah. still stands at the foot of the stage at after services and is there. And, you know, I've been there an hour after their last service, an hour and a half after the last service, and there's still people standing there and he's still talking to them, shaking hands, hugging, praying, you know, checking yes. in with people. And, and, you know, there's a little bit of like, Hey, if Bill can do it, you know, maybe we can do it, you know, maybe, Absolutely. In our, you know, in our context, very few of us have that, you know, opportunity to lead a, a church uh, like that. What about on the positive side? Are there things that, you know, let us in on a little secret that you're like, when you see that it's like a, it's a bellwether or it's a, you know, it's like, wow, they're doing a great job. Um, it's kind of a, a maybe, it may, maybe even a common thing that you're like, you see churches do time and time again, that you're like, wow, I just love to see that in a church. Yeah, I actually just wrote an article for uh, Christianity Today's Leadership Journal on yep. the most common things I see. And what I did was turn a positive spin on it and yep. say, I love when I see blank. And so some of the things I love to see uh, is the opposite of what I just referred to in the parking <laughs> lot. I love to see a smiling, welcoming face uh, waving at me when I pull into the parking lot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I love to see, and I see this a lot, designated guest parking mm. so that so that you honor your guests. And, um, and, and, and I love to see churches that use the word guest instead of visitor, mm. which can sometimes come across as cold. Mm. And so when I, when I drive in, and you know some churches, they'll even have a sign that says, flash your lights, put, turn on your hazard lights. Mm-hmm. If you're a first-time guest, and we will direct you mm-hmm. to guest parking. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in the Charlotte area. Elevation Church just knocks it out of the yeah, park. they do. Comes Absolutely. To this. They, they get first impressions like nobody else. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, so I love to be welcomed from the first time I drive on the campus. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I love to be greeted by greeters, but I always say not too many. Mm. I don't I don't want to shake 50 hands trying to get in the door. <laughs> you got a, a jungle of people you got to you know jungle, find your way yes. through. <laughs> but if if there's somebody that just looks at me and says, "Welcome." And a lot of churches, I know you've seen this, a lot of churches have people just standing to the side holding up these wonderful cards that right. say we're glad you're here, or some yep. just say, you look good today, you know, yep. or you're yep. looking good today, you know, mm-hmm. just these mm-hmm. amazing uh, foam mm-hmm. cards mm-hmm. Uh, that anybody could have printed up, yep. they just welcome people, and there's, and a lot of these churches, and I love this, they use teenagers, right? and every role that I described from parking lot to greeters to ushers, um, I have seen teenagers do those roles mm-hmm. in a number mm-hmm. of churches, mm-hmm. and we ought to let the next generation lead. Totally. Um, they're not the church of the future. They're the church of now and today, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so I love when I see young people getting involved. I think it's great to see a smiling 16-year-old girl mm-hmm. holding up a sign saying, we're glad you're here. Yep. Um, the other thing that I love to see because this is so helpful, mm-hmm. is an efficient children's check-in system. Mm, so true. By that, I mean they have thought through it enough to have multiple kiosks. Mm-hmm. So you have you have a kiosk for regular attenders that know the drill, yep. and they just come up and swipe their key swab, or mm-hmm. they um, type in the last four digits of their phone number, mm-hmm. and they do a really quick check-in because they've got the system down. Yep. But what I love seeing is off to the side is a special designated first-time guest check-in, yep. because as you know, there's a whole process you have to go through to get into the system, mm-hmm. to be registered, to be put in the database. Yep. And so the other thing I love seeing is that that first time guest kiosk is not empty. There should be somebody <laughs> there to walk you through the process. Yes. Say, let me help you get registered. Yep. And the churches that get this and go over the top, I am just thrilled. I am yeah. proud of them. And so those are the things that I, that I see more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, a lot of church leaders and pastors do what I do, and you may do this as well, mm-hmm. but every Sunday afternoon, I sit in my recliner, mm-hmm. I pull out my phone, mm-hmm. and I just scroll through Instagram looking at all the highlights of key churches that I follow mm-hmm. around True. the country, Yes, and I see picture after picture after picture of guest services and hospitality and the people holding the cars and a picture from their worship service, mm-hmm. and a picture, a huddled picture of people praying together before they serve. I can't say it enough. Um, the churches that get this the best have a pre-service huddle mm-hmm. with their first impressions team mm-hmm. where the leader, and this can be a lay leader, the leader looks them in the eye and says, today is somebody's first day. Right. Yep. We, we have the amazing privilege and opportunity to welcome guests as they come. We have the amazing privilege and opportunity to remove barriers and distractions mm-hmm. and help people that are skeptical, help people that are nervous, help mm-hmm. people that are a little uneasy, that maybe they haven't been to church ever or mm-hmm. in years. And so I look around, when I lead a pre-service huddle, I look around and I say, this is somebody's first day. Mm-hmm. And let's Let's, I always say, kill them with kindness. Mm-hmm. Let's kill them with kindness. Let's have our game face on, which is a smile. <laughs> let's, have our, let's have our game face on, and let's serve these people mm-hmm. uh, like Christ would serve these people. And so 
I love that. Yeah, it's very cool. Well, as you can tell, if you're listening in, there's a lot packed into this book. <laughs> and Greg's obviously super passionate about this, which is, you know, which is wonderful. I think this is a critically important area for churches to wrestle with and, you know, to come up with a plan. And it's it's not that it's necessarily rocket science. It's hard to do on a weekend, week out basis. It's hard to, you can do it once, you can do it for Easter, you can do it for Christmas, some other big day, uh, but then doing it weekend, week out. But we know that visitors are showing up every weekend at our church. And the, tr- the thing that really, from my perspective, one of the things that that differentiates, you know, average churches with excelling churches are people who have figured out how to do this stuff on a regular, uh, you know, regular basis. So, uh, Greg, is there anything else you want to share about this? And then how can people, you know, actually get their hands on this book if they're interested? Uh, just that I, I uh, like I said, it's a, it's a good resource for all size churches, but the heart behind it was to be a resource to churches that cannot afford an outside consultant. And so, I hope they will be blessed by it. I hope they will be educated and learn from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find it on Amazon. It's just called Secrets of a Secret Shopper by Greg Atkinson. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I would just love for people to to read it, mm-hmm. to implement it, mm-hmm. and execute it well. And so that we all, and this is my passion, turn first-time guests into second-time guests. Mm-hmm. You know, Nelson Searcy talks about if uh, if a first-time guests returns, they are 80% more likely to get plugged in Mm -hmm. to the local church and one day make a decision for Christ. Mm -hmm. And that if they return for a second time, we have won 80% of the battle. (laughs) And so to me, it is all about turning that first-time guest into the second-time guest. And so um, I would say you can... uh, you can find the book on Amazon. Mm -hmm. I'll also link to it from my website, Mm -hmm. Mm gregatkinson.com. And uh, one of the things I'm passionate about right now um, is uh, my new ministry to pastors of all kinds. Mm -hmm. Whether you uh, find yourself being an Mm ex-pastor, meaning you burned out, Mm -hmm. you quit, you resigned, uh, you got fired, you uh, got laid off due to finances, whatever reason you find yourself as an ex-pastor, or you just decided to go in a different career direction. Um, uh, if and we also uh, minister to current pastors, hoping that they will not get burned out, that mm-hmm. they will not mm-hmm. uh, want to quit and resign. And so uh, I'm the, I'm the executive director of a, a ministry, fairly new ministry called expastors.com, mm-hmm. and I would encourage people to go on expastors with an s dot com and read through the articles. They they are written to educate and encourage. And we really want to be a resource to all pastors around the world. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, we're going to jump into the lightning round, that part of the episode, where we ask similar questions of uh, everybody that was on the show. And I got to be honest, when we were setting up this interview, I said to Greg, "Not nah, Greg, come on. You've done the, this is your third episode. You probably don't want to do the lightning round again. He said, no, no, I want to do the lightning round. So so stay tuned in here. These go, we got new content here. So, you know, Greg, <laughs> these days... What's an online resource that you're using? Yeah, I've got all new answers. So an, <laughs> an online resource that I have found extremely helpful, and again, this isn't rocket science. You're probably already using it, but that's Google Docs. Oh, so true. Um, I use it in writing where an editor can jump on and make changes and comments and edit, and then we go back and forth. But I also was just recently coaching a local pastor, and he was telling me that his leadership team meeting lasts three hours, I said, what would you think if we could cut that in half 
to 90 minutes. He said, oh, I'd love that. I said, well, let's create a Google Doc mm -hmm. and you list out each person that is a part of the leadership team, email them and tell them to add into the agenda what they want to talk about mm -hmm. and let them know if it's not on the agenda, we won't be talking about it. Right. And that they have up until about two days before the meeting, he sent this out two weeks before the meeting, hmm. they have until about two days before the meeting to edit, to change, to, to, uh, to work on the Google Doc. And I did this for two reasons. One, I don't want a lead pastor to walk into a meeting and be surprised. Right. I don't want him to get blindsided. I mm -hmm. want him to know what each person is gonna bring up. And if he needs to have a little sidebar, and say, I saw you put this on the Google Doc, let's go have coffee or lunch mm. and discuss it mm -hmm. and nail it down. That also cuts down the time of the meeting. And then reverse, I don't want them to be surprised. Right. That way, it's, as a leadership team or staff, they look and they know the agenda and everything that's going to be talked about, including what the lead pastor wants to talk about. Mm -hmm. Very cool. That's yeah. Google Docs. Is, did you write your, your the new book in Google Docs? No, but I had uh, some recent writing that I've done, including eBooks in Google Docs that yep. were edited. Yeah, yes. that's great. Good. Uh, what's a book you've read in the last six months or maybe a year that's uh, shaping your thinking or ministry? Man, you talk about shaping my thinking and ministry. The book that I am just loving mm -hmm. and I'm rereading right now uh, is Halftime by Bob mm -hmm. Buford. It's a great book. Um, it's something we could all relate to, especially mm -hmm. those of us that are our age. You know, mm -hmm. he wrote the book to 40-year-olds, mm -hmm. and uh, I picked it up when I was 40 mm -hmm. and started reading it, and then I just recently turned 41. But he to, to sum up the whole book, it's about moving from success to significance. Mm -hmm. And so with the second half of your life, taking into account all your background and experience, how does God want to use you in your second half of right. life to really make an impact, to really do something significant? Mm -hmm. And so when I came across, and they had been asking me for a couple years to get involved with expastors.com, mm -hmm. and I did some writing, but um, when I saw that Pete Wilson got burned out, mm -hmm and uh, Perry Noble got asked to leave, in my, in my heart, it, it just broke. I said, this is something I want to give my time and attention to, mm -hmm. to be a help and resource, mm -hmm. to offer help, healing, and hope to current pastors and ex-pastors. So I feel like in the second half of life that I'm doing something significant. So I, I highly recommend mm -hmm. Halftime. Great. Um, what's another ministry that inspires you? Uh, North Point. Uh, mm -hmm. North Point and all their campuses, and they have they have several campuses in the Atlanta area. It's not because they're a, a huge church; it's because they get first impressions and guest services. Mm -hmm. And my friend Jason Young is over all the guest services for every campus, mm -hmm. and he is just an expert when it comes to this area. He goes in and trains like Chick Fil A executives and mm -hmm. Ford Motor Company, and so. If you've ever been to a North Point campus, they will just blow you away with hospitality. Mm -hmm. um, they really go out of their way. And so sure. um, one of the things, I, I listened to your podcast on mm -hmm. things that church leaders can learn from Disney. Mm -hmm. And North Point actually gives everybody on their first impressions team a copy of the Disney book, Be Our Guest. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so they have that whole welcoming, warm, friendly Disney mm -hmm. philosophy and I think there's a lot we can learn from them. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, if you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive, who would that be with and why? 
Well, my heart has changed in this area mm. uh, after doing some serious soul searching. I would like to have 15 minutes or longer with a living pastor of a small church who has served faithfully for 20 years or longer. Mm. Um, more and more and more, I am keeping my eyes out for long-term pastors, mm -hmm. regardless of church size, guys mm -hmm. that have been there 20 years, 30 years, or like Bill Hybels, 40 mm -hmm. years. And so uh, if, if there is somebody that has been plugging away week after week after week, and he is faithfully shepherding a congregation of 100 people or less, mm -hmm. I want to meet him, mm -hmm. and I want to talk to him. And I want to hear his heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just think that would be awesome. Very cool. Well, there might people might be listening in today. They could reach out to you and, and connect. That could be a, could be a cool moment. Well, uh, Greg, I really appreciate being on the show today. If people um, you know, want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? What's the best way for them to reach out? Uh, my personal website, gregatkinson.com. Check out our resources on xpastors.com. And you can follow us both on Twitter, at Greg Atkinson and at xpastors. And then my email, I get emailed all the time from pastors around the world. My email is just my name, mm -hmm. greg at gregatkinson.com. Nice. Thanks so much, Greg. Appreciate being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>